Hare Krishna, dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the haven where I'm sitting with some homegrown tomatoes. Me and Rasika Shirvani and Abhidas Brahmachari. Born in the haven, kind of. Haven was born from us, whatever. But here we are, a little bit late, in live studios in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. Uh, we're praying for everyone in the world. The world has this topsy-turvy. Everything is going in precarious, insecure, uh, agitated ways. And we're trying to keep some sanity uh, in our lives by hearing Srila Prabhupada's books every day. And this works like a charm. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram from Srila Sanatana Goswami glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam as the panacea for what ails us. It goes like this Sarva Shastravdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvandodhitaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshakshadayate, Sarvadasavasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of Prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya Mad Ananda Namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. Asadu saduta dayin atini chuchita kada hanamun chakadachin mam premna rit kantayokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we've reached the sixth chapter of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam Purusha Sukta confirmed. We're starting with text 21, 
Brahma is continuing to uh, explain the creation of the universe. This is called Vigyana because he was there doing it, watching it and doing it. This is real knowledge. Text 21. By his energies, the all-pervading personality of Godhead is thus comprehensively the master in the activities of controlling and in devotional service. He is the ultimate master of both nations and factual knowledge of all situations. Purport. The word Vishwan is significant in this verse. One who travels perfectly in every field of activity is called the Purusha or Chetragya. These two terms, Chetragya and Purusha, are equally applicable, applicable to both the individual self and the Supreme Self, the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita 13.3, the matter is explained as follows. Chetragyam chapimang bidhi sarva chetreshu bharata chetra chetragyayorgyanam yattaj gyanam matangmama Chetra means the place. And one who knows the place is called the Chetragya. The individual self knows about his limited field of activities. But the Supreme Self, the Lord, knows about the unlimited field of activities. The individual soul knows about his own thinking, feeling and willing activities. But the Supersoul, or the Paramatma, the Supreme Controller, being present everywhere, knows everyone's thinking, feeling, and willing activities. And as such, the individual living, living entity is the minute master of his personal affairs, whereas the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the master of everyone's affairs, past, present, <clears throat> and future. Vidaham samati tani. Only the ignorant person does not know this difference between the Lord and the living entities. The living entities, as distinguished from incognizant matter, may be qualitatively equal to the Lord in cognizance, but the living entity can never be equal to the Lord in full knowledge of past, present, and future. And because the living entity is only partially cognizant. <clears throat> he is sometimes forgetful of his own identity. This forgetfulness is specifically manifested in the field of the ekapad, ekapad vibhuti of the Lord or in the material world. But in the tripad vibhuti, field of actions, or in the spiritual world, there is no forgetfulness by the living entities who are free from all kinds of contaminations resulting from the forgetful state of existence. The material body is the symbol of the gross and subtle form of forgetfulness. Therefore, the whole atmosphere of the material world is called avidya, or nations, whereas the whole atmosphere of the spiritual world is called vidya, or full knowledge, 
There are different stages of avidya, and they are called dharma, artha, kama, and moksha. The idea of moksha, or liberation, held by the monist in the matter of oneness with the supreme ident- uh, entity. I'll do that. Say that again. The idea of moksha, or liberation, held by the monist in the matter of oneness of the living entity and the Lord by ultimate merging into one is also the last stage of materialism or forgetfulness. Knowledge of the qualitative oneness of the self and the super-self is partial knowledge and ignorance also because there is no knowledge of the quantitative difference as explained above. The individual self can never be equal to the Lord in cognizance. Otherwise, he cannot be placed in the state of forgetfulness. So, because the individual selves or living entities are prone to undergo a stage of forgetfulness, there is always a gulf of difference between the living entity and the Lord, as between the part and the whole. The part is never equal to the whole. So the conception of 100% equality of the living being with the Lord is also nations. In the field of nations, activities are directed toward lording it over the creation. In the material world, therefore, everyone is engaged in acquiring material opulence to lord it over the material world. Therefore, there there is always clash and frustration, which are the symptoms of nations. But in the field of knowledge, there is devotional service to the Lord, bhakti. Therefore, there is no chance of being contaminated by the influence of nations or forgetfulness, avidya, in the liberated stage of devotional activities. The Lord is thus the proprietor of the fields, both of nations and of cognition. And it remains the choice of the living entity to exist in either of the above regions. Text 22 From that personality of Godhead are generated all the universal globes and the universal form with all material elements, qualities, and senses. Yet he is aloof, yet he is aloof from such material manifestations, just as the sun is separate from its heat, rays, and heat. Purport The Supreme Truth has been ascertained in the previous verse as the Purusha or Purushottama, the Supreme Person. The Absolute Person is the Ishwara or the Supreme Controller by his different energies. The Ekapad Vibhuti manifestation of the material energy of the Lord is just like one of the many mistresses of the Lord by whom the Lord 
is not so much attracted as indicated in the language of the Gita, Bina Prakriti. But the region of the Tripad Bibhuti, <clears throat> being a pure spiritual manifestation of the energy of the Lord, is, so to speak, more attractive to Him. The Lord, therefore, generates the material manifestations by impregnating the material energy. And then, within the manifestation, He expands Himself as the gigantic form of the Vishwarupa. The Vishwarupa, as it was shown to Arjuna, is not the original form of the Lord. The original form of the Lord is the transcendental form of Purushottama, or Krishna himself. It is very nicely explained herein that he expands himself just like the sun. The sun expands itself by its terrible heat and rays, yet the sun is always aloof from such rays and heat. The impersonalist takes into consideration the rays of the Lord without any information of the tangible, transcendental, eternal form of the Lord, known as Krishna. Therefore, Krishna, in his supreme personal form, with two hands and, and flute, is bewildering for the impersonalists, who can accommodate only the gigantic Vishwarupa of the Lord. They should know that just as the rays of the sun are secondary to the sun, the impersonal, gigantic form of the Lord is also secondary to his personal form as Purushottama. The Brahma Sanghita 537 confirms this statement as follows Ananda Chin Mayarasa Pratibhabita Bis Tabir Eva Nijarupataya Kalabihi Goloka Eva Nipasat Yakilatma Bhuto Govinda Mari Purusham Tamaham Bajami. The Supreme Personality of Godhead Govinda, the one who enlivens the senses of everyone by his personal bodily rays, resides in his transcendental abode called Goloka. Yet he is present in every nook and corner of his creation by expansion of happy spiritual rays, equal in power to his personal potency of bliss. He is therefore simultaneously personal and impersonal by his inconceivable potency. Or he is the one without a second, displaying complete unity in a diversity of material and spiritual manifestations. He is separate from everything and still nothing is different from Him. Text 23 When I was born from the abominable lotus <clears throat> when I was born from the abdominal lotus flower of the Lord Mahavishnu the great person. I had no ingredients for sacrificial performances except the bodily limbs of the great personality of Godhead. PURPORT Lord Brahma, the creator of the cosmic manifestation, is known as Swayambhu 
or one who was born without father and mother. The general process is that a living creature is born out of the sex combination of the male father and the female mother. But Brahma, the firstborn living being, is born out of the abdominal lotus flower of the Mahavishnu plenary expansion of Lord Krishna. The abdom, uh, abominable, abdominal, excuse me, the abdominal lotus flower is part of the Lord's bodily limbs and Brahma is born out of the lotus flower. Therefore, Lord Brahma is also a part of the Lord's body. Brahma, after his appearance in the gigantic hollow of the universe, saw darkness and nothing else. He felt perplexity and from his heart he was inspired by the Lord to undergo austerity thereby acquiring the ingredients thereby acquiring the ingredients for sacrificial performances but there was nothing besides the two of them namely the personality of godhead Mahav the personality of mahavishnu and brahma himself born of the bodily part of the lord for sacrificial performances many ingredients were in need especially animals the animal sacrifice is never meant for killing the animal, but for achieving the successful result of the sacrifice. The animal offered in, sac in the sacrificial fire is, so to speak, destroyed, but the next moment it is given a new life by dint of the Vedic hymns chanted by the expert priest. When such a pre expert priest is not available, the animal sacrifice in the fire of the sacrificial altar is forbidden. Thus Brahma created even the sacrificial ingredients out of the bodily limbs of the Garbhotakashai Vishnu, which means that the cosmic order was created by Brahma himself. Also, nothing is created out of nothing, but everything is created from the person of the Lord. The Lord says in the Bhagavad Gita 10.8 Ahang sarvasya prabhavo matak sarvang pravartate Everything is made from my bodily limbs and I am therefore the original source of all creations. The impersonalists argue that there is no use in worshipping the Lord when everything is nothing but the Lord himself. The personalist, however, worships the Lord out of a great sense of gratitude, utilizing the ingredients born of the, out of the bodily limbs of the Lord. The fruits and flowers are available from the body of the earth, and yet Mother Earth <clears throat> is worshipped by the sensible devotee with ingredients born from the earth. Similarly, Mother G Ganges is worshipped with the water of the Ganges, and yet the worshipper enjoys the result of such worship. Worship of the Lord is also performed with ingredients born from the bodily limbs of the Lord, and yet the worshipper, who is himself a part of the Lord, achieves the result of devotional service to the Lord, while the impersonalist wrongly concludes that he is the Lord himself. The personalist, out of great gratitude, 
worships the Lord in devotional service, knowing perfectly well that nothing is different from the Lord. The devotee, therefore, endeavors to apply everything in the service of the Lord because he knows that everything is the property of the Lord and that no one can claim anything as one's own. <clears throat> this perfect conception of oneness helps the worshiper in being engaged in his loving service, whereas the impersonalist, being falsely puffed up, remains a non-devotee forever without being recognized by the Lord. Text 24 For performing sacrificial ceremonies, one requires sacrificial ingredients, such as flowers, leaves, and straw, along with the sacrificial altar, and a suitable time, spring. Text 25 Other, other requirements are utensils, grains, clarified butter, honey, gold, earth, water, the Rig Veda, Yajur Veda, and Sama Veda, and four priests to perform the sacrifice. Take purport. <clears throat> to perform a sacrifice successfully, at least Four expert priests are needed. One who can offer hota, one who can chant udgata, one who can kindle the sacrificial fire without the aid of separate fire, advaryu, and one who can supervise Brahma. Such sacrifices were conducted from the birth of Brahma, the first living creature, and were carried on until the reign of Maharaj Yudhishthir. But such expert Brahmana priests are very rare in this age of corruption and quarrel, and therefore in the present age only the yajna of chanting the holy names of the name of the Lord is recommended. The scripture enjoin, scriptures enjoin, Harer Nama, Harer Nama, Harer Nama Eva Kevalam, Kalo Nasjeva, Nasjeva, Nasteva Gatiranyata. Text 26. Other necessities include invoking the different names of the demigods by specific hymns and vows of recompense in accordance with the particular scripture for specific purposes and by specific processes. Purport. The whole process of offering sacrifice is under the category of fruitive action, and such activities are extremely scientific. They mainly depend on the process of vibrating sounds with a particular accent. It is a great science, but due to being out of proper use for more than 4,000 years, for want of qualified brahmanas, such performances of sacrifice are no longer effective, nor are, they nor are they recommended in this fallen age. Any such, any, such sacrificial, any such sacrifice 
undertaken in this age as a matter of show is simply a cheating process by the clever priestly order. But such a show of sacrifices cannot be effective at any stage. Fruitive action is being carried out with the help of gross material science. But the materialists await a still more subtle advancement in the process of vibrating sounds on which the Vedic hymns are established. Gross material science cannot help one fulfill the real purpose of human life. It can only increase the artificial needs of life without any solution to the problems of life. Therefore, the way of materialistic life leads to the wrong type of human civilization. Since the ultimate aim of life is spiritual realization, the direct way of invoking the holy name of the Lord, as mentioned above, is precisely recommended by Lord Chaitanya. And people of the modern age can easily take advantage of this simple process, which is tenable for the condition of the complicated social structure. Text 27 Thus I had to arrange all these necessary ingredients and paraphernalia of sacrifice from the personal bodily parts of the Personality of Godhead by invocation of the demigods' names and ultimate goal, Vishnu, was gradually attained. And thus, compensation and ultimate offering were complete. PURPORT In this verse, special stress is given to the person of the Supreme Lord and not to his impersonal Brahmajyoti as being the source of all supplies. Narayana, the Supreme Lord, is the goal of sacrificial results. And therefore the Vedic hymns are ultimately meant for attaining this goal. Human life is thus made successful by pleasing Narayana and getting entrance into the direct association of Narayana in the spiritual kingdom of Vaikuntha. Text 28 Thus I created the ingredients and paraphernalia for offering sacrifice out of the parts of the body of the Supreme Lord, the enjoyer of the sacrifice. And I performed the sacrifice to satisfy the Lord. Purport People in general are always anxious to have peace of mind or peace in the world, but they do not know how to achieve such a standard of peace in the world. Such peace in the world is obtainable by performances of sacrifice and by practice of austerity. In the Bhagavad Gita 5.29, the following prescription is recommended. Bhuktaram yajyatapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram suridam sarvabhutanam gyatva mam Shantim Richjati. The Karmi Yogis know that the Supreme Lord is the factual enjoyer and maintainer of all sacrifices and of the austere life. 
they also know that the Lord is the ultimate proprietor of all the planets and is the factual friend of the living entities. Such knowledge gradually converts the karma yogis into pure devotees of the Lord through the association of unalloyed devotees and thus they are able to be liberated from material bondage. Brahma, the original living being within the material world, taught us the way of sacrifice. The word sacrifice suggests dedication of one's own interests for the satisfaction of a second person. That is the way of all activities. Every man is engaged in sacrificing his interests for others, either in the form of family, society, community, country, or the entire human society. But perfection of such sacrifices is attained when they are performed for the sake of the Supreme Person, the Lord. Because the Lord is the proprietor of everything, because the Lord is the friend of all living creatures, and because He is the maintainer of the performer of sacrifice, as well as the supplier of the ingredients of sacrifice, it is He only and no one else who should be satisfied by all sacrifices. The whole world is engaged in sacrificing energy for advancement of learning, social upliftment, economic development, and plans for total improvement of the human condition. But no one is interested in sacrificing for the sake of the Lord, as it is advertised, as it is advised in the Bhagavad Gita. Therefore, there is no peace in the world. If men at all want peace in the world, they must practice sacrifice in the interest of the Supreme Proprietor and Friend of all. Text 29 <clears throat> <clears throat> My dear son, Thereafter, your nine brothers, who are the masters of living creatures, performed the sacrifice with proper rituals to satisfy both the manifested and non-manifested personalities. PURPORT The manifested personalities are the demigods, like the ruler of the heavenly kingdom, Indra, and his associates. And the non-manifested personality is the Lord Himself. The manifested personalities are mundane controllers of the material affairs, whereas the non-manifested personality of Godhead is transcendental, beyond the range of the material atmosphere. In this age of Kali, the manifested demigods are also not to be seen for space travel has completely stopped. So both the powerful demigods and the Supreme Personality of Godhead are non-manifested to the covered eyes of the modern man. Modern men want to see everything with their eyes, although they are not sufficiently qualified. Consequently, they disbelieve in the existence of the demigods or 
of the Supreme God. They should see through the pages of authentic scriptures and should not simply believe their unqualified eyes. Even in these days, God can also be seen by qualified eyes tinged with the ointment of love of God. Hare Krishna. It's uh, 7.55. So we will stop here. Today's reading. And start tomorrow at text 30. And we will wait in anticipation of the reflections from the assembled sages. Hare Krishna. First this from uh, Rati Manjari. Hare Krishna Rati, Hare Bo. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj, on the way to the fifth jubilee. On the way to the fifth jubilee. Wow. Fantastic. I don't exactly know what that means, but I'm sure that you'll fill us in before we're done tonight. <laughs> from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all the assembled devotees. Oops. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and all glories to your matchless service, dear Maharaj. Jai Ho. Hare Krishna. I'm just sitting here and reading. I'm not doing anything much. Hare Krishna. But you active hearers are doing a lot. Raikanu. Hare Krishna Raikanu. Devidasi. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to His Divine Grace. Hare And Rati Manjari says, I meant your fifth anniversary of the daily reading group. Fifth anniversary of the daily reading group? The upcoming. Oh, this is the next one. Yes. Okay, great. And from Bhakti Christopher. Bhakti Christopher, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to Prabhupada. <coughs> Sri Devi Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Sri Devi Dasi, my dear God sister in Florida, Hare Bowl. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
very interesting, isn't it, how because Lord Brahma was the only living being, first created being, there was no one in the universe except for him and Govardhakshai Vishnu. So he needed to perform sacrifice. He was that intelligent to know that instinctively. So there was only one source of the ingredients in that were the, the, the body of a Lord. So the body of a the Lord. Therefore, Krishna says, Aham Kratur Aham Jagya. I am the sacrifice. I am the fire. I am the butter. I am the offering. I am everything. Because it actually came from him originally, these ingredients. And the Vedas, Vedic hymns, they all came from Brahma. Gopal Roy? Yes, Gopal Roy. Hare Krishna, feeling separation already. Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. It stood out for me when Prabhupada said, the two-handed form of Krishna is bewildering for the impersonalists mm. because they can only accommodate the gigantic Virat Rupa of the Lord. Mm. How do they find it easier to accommodate the universal form than the two-armed form of Krishna holding the fruit? Well, they interpret the 11th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita in which Krishna shows the universal form. And they say that this is Krishna showing the original form and he is just an expansion of that original form. That's how they rationalize their approach. Of course, it's very clear in the Sanskrit and also with Prabhupada's purports uh, and explanations that the original form was Krishna and, and the other form came from Krishna. So therefore, it doesn't make any sense, logical sense, that th that form should be the, for the, the source of Krishna. Krishna was showing the universal form to Arjuna. That he must be the source of the universal form. But that's how they interpret it. They just see it differently. The impersonalists and the personalists they have a different way of looking at things, a whole different uh, version of reality. They, they think that because Brahman is um, unchangeable uh, and they interpret change as variety, therefore they think that the ultimate Brahman it must be impersonal. So how then do they rationalize the, the varieties of the material world? Well, they have to manufacture with something called avidya or ignorance. So all of a sudden there's two. There's avidya and Brahman. And the, the Brahman and the, and the avidya covers the Brahman. So Jiva Goswami says, well then, w w w how can there be two if there's only one? Where did that other one come from? <laughs> there, there's so many ways to dis disassemble 
the philosophy of impersonalism. You know, they say that the soul, as influenced by avidya, is superimposing forms on formlessness. But if you're superimposing a form, where did the idea from that form come from? If there isn't form in the original source, where did that, where did that idea of form come from? They use the example of the rope and the snake. If the rope is curled in just a way, the right light, then you can see it as a snake. That's called uh, uh, Vivartavad. It's, it's an illusion. But the, but the snake is not an illusion. There's also there's a snake somewhere. Otherwise, where did you get the idea of the snake to superimpose it on the rope? And also, Jiva Goswami says, you won't see a snake if, if the room's not lit properly and you're looking at a door, for instance. You won't see the form of a snake in a door. Why? Because there has to be some familiarity, there's some similarity in forms, which means the forms must exist from before. And anyway, all these are there's so many arguments that just take a, take apart the impersonal philosophy. But those are some of them, as given by our great Acharya and philosopher, greatest philosopher in the history of the world, Jiva Goswami. So yes, it doesn't make any sense to the devotee. How can it make any sense? It's not true. Hare Krishna. Goranga Gopal. Haribo Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. I wondered about the point made of our cognizance being qualitatively the same as the Lord but not quantitatively. If I understood it well, the difference resides in the fact that we are prone to forgetfulness, which isn't the case of the Lord. Does that mean that also in the spiritual world we are prone to some sort of forgetfulness, being under the spell of the yoga-maya potency of the Lord? Always. The soul is always dependent the soul is never independent. He's dependent on the material energy in the material world and he's dependent on the spiritual energy in the spiritual world. But the, the fact is that the soul is a part of Krishna. It's an eternal expansion from Krishna. They're co-eternal. The soul and the, and, and the super-soul or the soul and the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So because the soul is a part of Krishna, it has a very tiny amount of all of the qualities of Krishna. And one of Krishna's qualities is abhigya and sarat, independent, completely independent. So that independence takes the form of autonomy in the material world. So the soul, the individual soul, both in the spiritual world and in the material world, has autonomy. That means it has a, a, a small degree of independence, and with that independence, he can misuse it or use it properly. If he misuses it, 
then he comes under the influence of the material energy. And if he uses it properly, he stays with the Lord in the spiritual world. Therefore, he's called tatasta or marginal. He has the ability to stay in either. He has that independent free will. And Krishna will never interfere with that. How that happens, when that happens, where that happens, it's impossible to trace out. Because whatever your belief is, the soul came from the spiritual sky eventually. And where there's no time and space and there's no material energy. So how are you going to calculate when and how when, there, when there's no time and space? It's not possible. Therefore, Srila Prabhupada and our previous acharyas all recommend not to get into trying to understand that with your logic and reasoning. It will just cause you problems. Hare Krishna. Yes, Subhara Raja Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for a daily reading of Sri the Prabhupada's books. Brahma is truly a, a one-man army, an, an, an engineer creator with the help of the Lord correct and from Anandamurti Devi Das yes Anandamurti dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees please accept my respectful obeisances all glories to Sri the Prabhupada thank you so much for today's reading today we heard about sacrifices and all sacrifices are meant to offer the Supreme Lord but even all ingredients are made from the Supreme Lord so from hearing it we understand how the Supreme Lord arranges everything for us so that we can sacrifice everything for the Lord but it is depending on each living entity how to live in this material world the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna is always merciful Thank you so much. Yes, because he gives us everything. Ekala Ishwara Krishna, our Sabiritya. There's only one source. That's Krishna. There can't be any more than one source of everything. By definition. If you keep tracing back, I had a source, my mother and father. They had a source, their mother and father. They had their source, mother and father. Just keep tracing back and you will come to Krishna eventually. I heard Asadaputta gave this uh, analysis because he was a great mathematician and uh, bi biological mathematics he was studying. And... Uh, he made the observation that if, if a living form is coming from another form or other forms, then the, um, 
information content that's needed to give that form from another form must be in the original form. There's no other explanation. And not only that, but there can't be more information content in the product than in the source. So if you f carry that logical uh, truth uh, to its logical conclusion, you will come to the, to the fact that the original source must have all the information content for all of the individual uh, forms. And that's Krishna. Aham sarvasya prabhavo matak sarvam prabhartate He's the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Therefore, someone who, ad who knows that, then he worships him with all of his heart. And then he feels satisfied because that's his actual position. If you try to act outside of your actual position, then you become uh, dissatisfied, restless. But if you're acting in your actual position, then you become satisfied. Hare Krishna. Yes, Jagamohan. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. Thank you for your reading and follow-on dialogue. I have been listening to past readings a lot lately, and I very much appreciate the reflections in your corresponding dialogue. This is a great service. <laughs> well, thank you very much. What can I say? I'm just trying to deliver the mail, Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari. Jai Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I cannot comment on tonight's reading, Guru Maharaj, because I spent the biggest part because I spent the biggest part of the reading in a meeting of our Harinam Sankirtan NL group. Strengthening the foundation and organization of our Harinam group. Very good. My good news of tonight is that yesterday we received the newly published copies of the Nectar of Instruction in the Dutch language. The printing costs were collected among the Dutch devotees who are eager to support the release of new books. Very good. Thank you very much for inspiring me to dedicate part of my energy to the publication of Sri the Prabhupada's books in Dutch. This is the gr this is great news and it's great service, Rati. I rest my case. <laughs> Please pray for the successful release of many more books. Thank you for considering our request. So be it. So be it. Just keep doing what you're doing and it'll happen. Hare Krishna from Goranga Gopal. Jai Goranga Gopal. Today I was reading the ninth chapter of Bhagavad Gita where in verse 26 Krishna explains how he accepts offerings made with bhakti 
love. Bhakti is the essential point, and often we are missing it. In the Srimad Bhagavatam here, a whole series of requirements is described for sacrifices to the Lord, but ultimately because today nobody is really qualified to follow these complicated rituals, we are given the simplest and most sublime process, which, if empowered by our devotion, will please Krishna so much. Actually, in verse 925 of the Bhagavad Gita purport, Prabhupada also said, quote, The Krishna consciousness movement is therefore distributing sublime information to the entire human society to the effect that by simply chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, one can become perfect in this life and go back home, back to Godhead. Unquote. Yes, and it's it's simple and it's sublime and it's beautiful, but the reason it's there's reason to it. There's logic, there's reason, there's science. And that is because Krishna is pleased. It's not a mechanical thing where you chant this sound and everything starts to happen. Krishna is the sound. And therefore he's pleased when he when, when one chants that sound of his holy name. And then he reciprocates with the soul. He's giving everything to every soul anyway. Nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam eko puhunam yo vidadati kaman. There are so many eternals, but there's one eternal amongst all the eternals that is providing for the other eternals. Just like when we come into this world, we have a mother and father and they take care of us. We're completely helpless. We can't let a little two-year, two-month-old, three-month-old baby just go off on its own. It'll be, it'll be killed. It'll, it'll, it's a disaster. So therefore, we 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 have been given everything from the very beginning, from the very conception, from the time of conception, all the ingredients that are needed for the, for the development of our body is given to us. We're not manufacturing any of, it, any of it. How is that possible? Not possible. I was just reading Prabhupada discussing how all the different necessities for uh, technological advancement, all the minerals and metals and, you know, you know, it's all being provided for them, to them. But we're in a world where all of us came to try to compete for the resources, to own and control and enjoy the resources. So therefore there's a constant struggle for existence for those natural resources so that we can manufacture something you know, for our sense gratification. Therefore, because in the material world, things are so complicated because there's millions of centers. In, in the spiritual world, everything is simple because there's only one center. That's Krishna. 
and everyone wants to please Krishna, and everyone wants to serve Krishna with love, because there's pure love. There's nothing but pure love in the spiritual world. Therefore, the the force that moves, the forms, and, and, and into action, and, and loving exchange is love itself. They don't need education. They know instinctively what to do and what not to do. To do how to do things properly. How to say the right thing. How to do the right thing. How to think the right thing. It's all there intrinsically, in the in the in the the body, which is the self. Hare Krishna. Sundarati Manjari. Yes, Rati. She says, thank you, dear Vaishnava. You give me so much hope. <laughs> Hare Krishna. You're giving us hope. You're doing exactly what Prabhupada wanted. Exactly what Tamal Krishna wanted, wanted for you also. Hare Krishna. I just happen to be fortunate enough to be watching it happen. Hare Krishna. <laughs> okay, I thank you very much, all of you, for your wonderful, beautiful reflections. Wait, something more? Srimad uh, Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabeda bhaktavinda ki jai. Gaur premanandi hari hari bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic. Lord Brahma explaining the creation. And who can better explain it than him? Because he did it. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow. <laughs>